Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining us here today. I'm your host, Leah Mastin, for Top Industry Professionals Tip International Radio Podcast, where we are showcasing prestigious top professionals from all industries all over the globe to share their experience and stories of success. My amazing co-host is here with me, and we are so honored to have her as a host of the show. Originally from Namibia, she was crowned Miss Universe in 1992. Please welcome Michelle McLean. Hi, Leah. Thanks for the lovely introduction. And wow, we are heading towards this great new festive season. Um, Donna, sorry that you couldn't join us at the gala event. It was truly phenomenal. Uh, we had so much fun, but we are so grateful to have you here today. And I just want to tell our listeners a little bit more about you. You know, you are all the way from New Zealand. You got up bright and early this morning to be with us. So thank you for that. Yes. <laughs> You are the health and safety manager and consultant for Calder Developments Limited and owner and operator of Must Hang Cafe and Bakery. Ah, we want to hear more about that. You'll be honored at the IOTP's annual awards gala for your selection as top health and safety manager and consultant of the year. So everyone, please welcome Donna Ridings. Donna, thanks for joining us. Hope you have your coffee ready. Yeah. yeah. I do. Thanks. Um, hi, Leah, Michelle, and thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so uh, it is correct. Um, I've been a jack of all trades, um, master of none. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> um, I, uh, I, I, I tried my hands at many, many jobs out there in the industry, um, uh, and I fell upon health and safety, and I found that to be my niche. But my journey into health and safety didn't actually begin in health and safety. I actually was working as a in a sharing gang as a wool handler, and I had a very good friend who also was a, a wool class with them, and he was a quarry manager in the mining industry as well. And he, a couple of months later, he'd ring he'd rung me from the Pilbara in Western Australia, and asked if I would come up and be a shop fire's assistant for five days and um, working in rural industries and sharing gangs, I had no idea what a shop fire's assistant was. So I said, what, what does that entail? And he said, oh, there'll be hard yards and you know, I'll have to lift buckets of aggregate up and down hills and load holes with dynamite and blow sides of mountains up. And I thought, wow, that sounds really great fun. I'm gonna do it. So off I go for five days. And the company that he was working for decided that they wanted to keep me. So they sent me back to Perth to get some more clothes. They brought me back again. I loved the job so much. I went and became certified as a shop fire myself. And uh, I did that for two years. But working in a mine site, you, you see so many other opportunities for so many other jobs. And I slowly got bored with being a, health and, uh, being a, a shop fire. So I decided to try my hands at other things and I worked in um, uh, operated heavy equipment like diggers and loaders and skidders and one day I was in a roller and our then health and safety person lovely guy but very very lazy he was always asleep with his feet up on his dashboard I said to him one day I could do a better job than you he said put your money where your mouth is so I did and I became <laughs> certified as health and safety and I loved it. I loved it so much. And it was really easy for me to be able to slip into a job of health and safety in a predominantly man's world um, in the mining industry, which was many years ago. And um, 
because I already had the rapport of the guys on site. Um, and the rest they say is history. Yep. You really are a jack of all trades. I couldn't imagine <laughs> working in the mining industry. It's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> so, so when you started that, um, that has been your career for many, many years. And recently with the COVID pandemic, you pivoted and you reinvented yourself. How did that come about? I mean, you know, that takes a lot of guts. Um, I, I don't know, I, because I still do both. Um, I don't know if I've really reinvented myself, but I've, I've always been um, uh, a baker and um, I love cooking and I, I, I absolutely love um, making bread and I love making cakes. And it just so happened that the day that I actually fell upon Mustang Cafe, um, I had my work vehicle and I was taking it to be serviced at, at our local garage. And I was with the HR lady at the same time and she was actually there to pick me up to take me back to the office. But the mechanic said, I'll only be half an hour. So I thought, oh, well, we'll not as well go and have lunch. So on one side of the road is where the mechanic shop is. He's got my vehicle in it. So I said, let's go for lunch. As we were walking towards a, a cafe, there's a little another garage just across from the from um, where my truck was. And inside that garage is a cafe. And I said to the HR lady, I said, let's go in there. I've never been in there to have um, anything. So because my, 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 most times it's um, like a truck stop or, a, um, you know, and most people don't go in there if you're going to really want to go to a cafe so I sort of we, we we stumbled in there and it was called the curious cafe tiny little place and it was empty and I, I said to her I've never seen anyone in here but as we walked in it was the most beautiful little spot it was quaint it was lovely and I and I said that to her as we sat down with our pies at, at the table and the then owner, she'd heard me say that. And she said, it's for sale. <laughs> and um, she said, if, but someone is looking at it. And if you don't mind, can I give you a call if, if the sale falls through? And I said, of course. Well, and, uh, the next day she rung me. She said, um, would you like to have a look at it? So a week later, we closed the deal. Um, three weeks later, it's mine. And I changed the name from Curious Cafe to Must Hang. And it's um, a play on words really for Mustang because I have a 2020 Fastback Mustang and it's actually must hyphen hang, H-A-N-G, um, Cafe and Bakery. Yeah, so, um, and now I am, um, and I, I've, I've, I've sort of turning it into a, a an American 50s influence diner. Oh, fun. So, yeah. Well, I have to say, sorry, I have to say, I have a Mustang and I love my Mustangs, 2000. Yeah. And I'm not giving it up. <laughs> yeah. I like back to your baking. I want to know what your, um, you love baking cakes. What's your specialty? Oh, um, I actually love baking. Um, uh, it's, customized cakes you know for, for, okay. for clients you know so I can for Halloween I do skull cakes and mummy cakes with 
worms coming out of your eyes and <laughs> all the gross things. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah, they're they're my favourite. But I love, um, I just love doing baking and bread. I absolutely love baking bread. So yeah, so this is where so in this cafe of it's just, it's it's quite a big cafe. So it's if you can imagine a petrol station having the forecourt, which is exactly what we've got. Oh, the shop shop side of it. Yeah. So half one half is American fifties influenced diner, yeah. and the other half is the bakery. How oh, wonderful. Uh, yeah. Now you just have such a wealth of experience. What would be some advice you would give to someone starting out in your field um, with, what, with, with either the cafe or your um, experience um, with mining? I think for, um, for, for um, young ones or anyone that wants to start out in the, in the world of anything really, um, my, my advice would be to listen to your audience um mm -hmm. never take any situation for granted uh be upfront honest and reliable mm -hmm. um so for that i'm talking in, in health and safety to be upfront you know um when 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 you've got your staff or personnel or clients that they really understand what you're trying to get through to them as a as a as a as a um, staff members are working on a mine site or construction site um, honest, you know, to be, make sure that you're telling them everything that you know is to be correct. Um, you're not just making up a story just so that it's, you think that's something they want to hear. Um, and reliable being, being able to, um, if they ask a question and you don't know the answer, then make sure that you say to them that you will find out. And when you do find out, make sure that you tell them. Um, and most, most of all is communication. So um, that I believe is very important in every any any job um, for both you, your staff, your personnel, your clients. You know, communication is the big thing. Wow, that is an amazing amount of advice, and and so true to being successful in business and talking about success and your illustrious career. So oh. you won numerous awards, honors, and you were featured in magazines. You've been honored by IOTP's annual awards gala for Empowered Women and for the Top Health and Safety Consultant of the Decade. That is an amazing achievement. You will appear on the famous Reuters billboard in Times Square. Let me tell you, that is an experience to behold. It is so fun. And you graced the front cover of Tip Magazine. So congratulations to you, Donna. Wow. It's so impressive and so well-deserving. Now, with all these accolades, what do you feel is like your biggest um, achievement ever that, that for you stands out? Oh, my goodness. Um, there have been many memorable moments Um but this has to top it all. I, um, I've, I'm very humbled and honoured um, to re receive such accolades. You know, I mean, there's so many in my industry of um, health and safety, there's so many deserving, deserving people out there. Mm -hmm. um, and um, it just feels surreal. You know, I, I, am, I am so, so honoured. Um, and I don't know where to even begin really <laughs> um, but since you've put me on the spot <laughs> I guess um, you don't have to choose just one it could be yeah. one or two or three <laughs> yeah um, I guess um, 
every day, every day that I can make a difference in someone's life um, and keep them safe. Um, let them understand that, you know, um, there's a family at home waiting who loves them and needs them to come home. Um, every day that I'm able to do that is, you know, that brings joy to my heart. And I, and I sort of, and I know I'm doing something right, especially when I know that there's been no incidents, there's been no injuries, you know, everybody's happy, everybody's looking forward to coming back to work the next day. They are the most memorable times in health and safety for me. That's beautiful. It's such an important role you play too. Um, gosh, you, you seem to be very, very busy, but if, when you're not working, do you, what other hobbies do you have? Um, what do you like to do for fun or what would you like to accomplish in the next five years? <laughs> um, well, believe it or not, as much as I'm working, my working life, life is very hectic. Um, I still try to make sure that, um, I still find time for other things to do. Um, that's important to me. So I have four beautiful kids, all adults now. I have 11 equally beautiful grandchildren. 11. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 11 equally beautifully. And aren't I a good nana for saying equally? Yes. <laughs> um, I have two Tibetan, two Tibetan mastiffs. So, um, between all of them, um, they keep me sane. They keep me very happy. Um, they, they fill me with love. And they keep my wallet very empty. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's just space for more, right? <laughs> the more we give, the more that comes back. That's how it's supposed to work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, as, as far as um, what I want to try and achieve, you know, um, every day, it's just being able to wake up every day, <laughs> um, and especially in this crazy world, um, I just, I just want, you know, just, I just live each day as it comes. Yeah, I love that philosophy. So, so, so beautiful. So, where would you? We were just going to ask you, where would you see yourself in, in say, five years' time? What, what else would you like to achieve? In five years' time, I'd like to, um, I'd still like to be working. I just, I, I think I've always been a workaholic. <laughs> um, um, I, you know, I, I wish I could say I'd love to see myself sitting in the Bahamas somewhere and, you know, being fanned by some very handsome men and feeding grapes to me. <laughs> but <that's just> <laughs> there is um, nothing but... wrong with that picture. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I think in five years time I really don't see myself anywhere else than where I am now you know um, I love what I'm doing I love my job I love my family I love my friends and I don't think there's anything I really feel that I haven't achieved in life and, I, and I'm very happy with where I am now today that's so awesome to hear, you know, that that gratitude comes first. It's like, yes, we can always want something more, but let's be grateful for what we do have, whether it's our health, yeah. our family. Um, and I love that philosophy. Now, how would you, um, as a mentor to other women, because you work with other women all the time, yeah. um, and men, how do you put that forward to them 
to to see that in a in a positive light um normally as well being a mentor and with other women or men but, but if we're talking about women especially the young girls when they're st first starting out it's just really taking them under your wing and and making mm. sure that when you're guiding them that they're you know because at the end of the day I can show them and 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 teach them the way I do things but it's going to be the way they do things I think um it's just it's just for me, is just being able to guide them on that path. The rest is really up to them. Um, and usually when I have um, taken people under my wing to go into health and safety, I can see that they'll do things a lot different than I do. Um, and I just, I don't really jump in and say, no, it's not that way. You know, it's my way or it's a highway. You know, it's, it's never that at all. It's, it's, Every person is totally different at how they deal with things. Sometimes it's right, sometimes it's wrong, but who are we to say what's right and wrong when it's somebody else's, um, somebody else's way? Um, so long as they're not pushing, <laughs> pushing health and safety or pushing their way onto the, the people that they're trying to look after. Um, it's really, like I said, um, when you asked me what are the, you know, what are the five or, or what are the... Um, my advice for anybody uh, is just really being able to listen to your audience, listen to what they're doing, listen to how they're doing things. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's just just keeping them under your wing, but not actually telling them it's this way. This is the way you have to do it. Everyone's got their own way. I'm so curious, um, with COVID, how did that affect your role um, in health and safety and how did you have to adapt to navigate that? Oh, yes, COVID. <laughs> um, well, I think, I guess everyone all over the world, we all had to adapt one way or another. We all had to try and do something. Working health and safety, though, it's sort of, it, it's sort of up the ante, you know, um, yeah. um, out there in the field because you working in construction or building, you know, you, you can't really keep those um, two metre, you know, three metre distance when you've got hundreds of guys trying to do a build. Um, it, again, it was more just um, we had we had a job to do out there. They had a job to do out there, but we also had to keep everyone safe and, and abide by what our government was ruling, saying um, it, it really wasn't, hard as far as trying to put processes out there because we already in health and safety you already have processes for, for the guys and procedures about safety um, and um, this time we just had to just up the ante a little bit more the wearing of the mask it was really um not really that big a deal because uh, if you can imagine you're out and out in the open and you've got guys out there, they're still able to be a cluster of a team. And when you're, I, I presume it's the same over in you, where you guys are, that if you've got a, a bunch of guys working in one team, that, that that's actually their bubble. So mm -hmm. they don't really have to wear, you know, um, it's, it's uh, wear masks and, and, and have to segregate from their own bubble. It's about, it's all really about a matter of um, risk assessing what you've got there on site and able to, to help the guys. And that's where it all comes down to, because you don't want to be trying to reinvent the wheel when the guys are already know what their job is. It's just able to be able to assess, assess the risk 
where the guys are working. And if you've got a bunch of guys that are working in this area as electricians, that's their bubble. You've got guys over here working as plumbers. That's their bubble, concrete mixes, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I don't think it's really that hard. I just think the most annoying part for many of us here is the um, is is what's happening out in the rest of the world. As far as um, construction and mining go, before COVID hit, you still had to sign in. You know, you still had to um, you still have to wear masks if you're using. Um, any power tool that's generating dust, you know, or there's asbestos or anything. So it really isn't that big a deal in the mining or construction industry. It's everywhere else, you know, it's it's our everyday life situation that has made everything that is, is different. You know, like who, I mean, five years ago, we never had to wear masks or sign in to go into a cafe or show them a vaccine card or whatever. It's that everyday life that's really changed more so um, not really in the mining or construction. I, I want to just digress a little bit and I want to ask you uh, just from a woman's perspective you have a woman president right or prime minister? Yes we do. Okay and she was one of the first presidents leaders of a country to shut down as soon as they heard about COVID. Um, I think that she's being you know seen as one of the most forward-thinking presidents in the world. Um, how does that relate, to, do you think, to the young women in your country? Um, do, do you think that is um, something that um, maybe many other countries are missing out on? Is someone as strong as that, as a woman leader? Um, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not really sure if many countries are missing out because of that. I think it's really just, as you say, whether you're female or male, as a leader of, of a country, it's really uh, how you, um, oh, how am I say this? How you portray and how you want your, you want things to work in your country. You know, it's, um, Yes, Jacinda did uh, a great job by shutting us straight down. And 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 and, but to be fair, we are only just a little country. We just a we're really just a dot on your country, or you know, on the USA. We we we're very very small. It's very easy to shut us down. There mm. wasn't. We don't have as many states. We only have a North Island and a South Island. That's it. End of story. <laughs> there's no. There's no. You know. 52 states or whatever and or or even Australia so we are very very tiny and even though it looked like she did a great job but she did do a great job I'm, I'm not denying that we are a very small country very easy for her to actually to do um and very easy for us so you know that there's more sheep here in New Zealand than what there are people so you know <laughs> Um, that is a joke around the world but it is true <laughs> but it's very very true um and yeah so it wasn't very, I don't think it was um very hard for her to do um in the first place uh but you know our for the rest of us for, for the rest of us New Zealand I mean, we were all grateful that she did do that mm. but now you all seem to be ahead of us so we're still, you know, so and that, that's where things have sort of gone a bit funny here in New Zealand. You know, we we should have been probably, she shut us down right at the start just to, to pre prevent, you know, 
COVID coming in, but of course it was always going to get in one way or another, um, as it has everywhere around the world. Um, but uh, yeah, so, so you so you think maybe a little bit of herd immunity could have been a good thing, but but you never know. Everyone makes decisions as leaders of, of their country for a very good reason. I also come from a, a very small country, Namibia, 2.5 million yeah. people. So it, you know, they make the best decisions they can. How many people in Namibia? 2.5 million people. 2.5, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but but you, you're right, you know, whether it's, it doesn't matter what leader it is, it's, it's, you know, someone has to take that decision and it's, it's really a hard one. Um, yes. But let's, we're just all hoping, I think everyone was winging it. Like we didn't know how bad this was going to be. Right, Leah? I mean, yeah. you know, we went to New York the other day and sorry you couldn't be there, Donna, but um, it's, it's, it's shocking and scary that we don't have that freedom anymore to roam around a city and be a tourist and go into a restaurant without being like, you think it's Gestapo or something, you know, it's like they're checking everything, you know, your blood yeah. type, your this, your that. <laughs> I was just like, whoa. Yeah. Sometimes I think, I think we've, I think we've, as in the world, we've um, just gone, I think people have lost, um, lost sight of what really is happening out there. I mean, if we, uh, I find over here, especially working in health and safety, I really, really, um, I think there's so much more we could do without without the scary effects that are that that we're, that's happening around the world. It's here now, and that's it. You know, it's here to stay. Um, and I think instead of hiding from it, we should be trying to learn to live with it, um, and and carry on life as normal. You know, I, I, I really, I'm really not an advocate for the masks and I'm not an advocate for showing people that, um, you know, you've got, you've been vaccinated or fully vaccinated and there's either fully vaccinated. We've got some cafes and restaurants here in New Zealand that have fully vaccinated people and they still, because they want, they want to make money. So they still want to serve people that are unvaccinated. Um, so they'll have vaccinated over here and unvaccinated people, you know, will come around a, a side window and they'll be served. Right? <laughs> the side really... window. You start, you start feeling like the haves and have-nots. And, you exactly. know, I went on the other day for a job and those vaccinated had a certain, like, tag colour and the other are non-vaccinated. You know, it's like, and you segregated. <laughs> Yeah. Exactly, and it, it, and that's exactly what it is, Michelle. It's like they are segregating us, and I really I hated that look. I just and because I'm obviously I'm, I'm I'm dark, and then I said to one woman, I said, "So where do the blacks and the whites sit?" And you should have seen the look on her face. Wow, and I said, you give me goosebumps! Oh my gosh! And I said, "Well, that's exactly what's happening." I said vaccinated unvaccinated I said you might as well have blacks whites gay not gay and I said we can't we can't do that we can't go back we can't go backwards in our in our world like this again I said it's COVID and it's here let's try and figure out how we live with it you know don't try and run from it or don't try and segregate people bit that you know it's just wrong and I just yeah I think um I think the world just needs to just step up everybody, you know, and just speak up and say, this has got to stop. We've got to get back to some sort of normal now, you know, this isn't normal walking around wearing masks and showing cards. You know, that's definitely not normal. I, totally I remember. 
totally with you. Mm. Yeah, yes, yes. And I remember when AIDS hit the world. I know you'd remember as well. It wasn't that long ago, but um, you know when AIDS and and when AIDS came out into the world and people were getting AIDS. I don't know how to say this without not being <laughs> rude. Um, people didn't stop making love because. Um, AIDS was here. People, strangers still pick up strangers in hotels and pubs. You know, um, they don't go and say, oh, have you got a, a, a vaccine card or a card to say that you don't have AIDS? You know, um, it, it's, it's, we have to learn to live with, with the diseases we've got, got out there. It doesn't mean to say that we've got to go out there and just disregard what's happening, but we should be able to assess risk as well. Well, gosh, Donna, it has been just so wonderful chatting with you and having you on the show today. It's been lovely talking with you as well, and both you and, and Michelle. I'm so happy. Thank you so much, Leah. Thank you, Donna. You just a breath of fresh air, and we look forward <laughs> to seeing you soon at the next gala. Yes, oh, at the next gala. I hope sure. so. I hope so. Yes. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, have a good day. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. Bye. Bye. Bye.